invite you to join with me in Exodus chapter number 2 and then Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to be in several places in the Word tonight. Those are going to be the two primary places uh, as we look at the Word of God. And because as we continue with this idea that we began this morning, this passing that baton of faith, we realize that faith is not something that's as much taught as it's something that's caught. You know, and so we see it, we live it, and, you know, as a result, uh, we receive it. And I, I love the testimony of a Bible, a mom who loved the Bible so much, it was always open, or a mom that encouraged you in the Word of God, or a mom that was faithful. And I was thinking about Sister Bonnie as she talked about the faithfulness of, his, of her mom, and I thought, well, that's how I would describe Bonnie. Wouldn't you describe Bonnie as a faithful Amen. I tell you, what a blessing, and to see that that has continued. And I thank you for following your mom's example, Bonnie. What a blessing that is. And we're going to look at a lady tonight. You know, some of the greatest people in history have talked about how important their mothers were to their lives. And I think it's important because this world lambasts our mothers all, everywhere we go. It's important for us to go back and say, let us count uh, our blessings for our mothers. George Washington declared, all I am I owe to my mother. Napoleon Bonaparte, good, bad, or ugly, short or tall, he says, give us strong mothers and we will have strong sons. Abraham Lincoln said, behind every great man is a great mother. These men were obviously uh, great men, but they all attributed that back to a great influence in their mother. Well, that's also true in the Old Testament, and particularly Bible characters we see here. And I mentioned Jochebed earlier today in the message, and I just want to elaborate a little bit more on her life and that life of example that she had uh, tonight as we look at this. Because during a time of great tribulation, Moses' mother knew what it was to be persecuted, to be enslaved, and really to suffer at the hands of others. And she, she was treated as if her life and the life of her children meant absolutely nothing. And so when she had... Um, uh, when she had Moses, and God allowed her to give birth to this new child, the new king in Egypt no longer knew any of the history of the Israelites. Let me just mention that this new fad to eliminate history uh, in our nation is a very dangerous thing. Uh, may we continue to go back and recount with our children the good things of the Lord. May we be willing to study history and go back uh, and to remind ourselves of the greatness of our God. Uh, but that was just for free tonight. But as we look here, um, we see that in Pharaoh, Pharaoh, what they desired was to put the Israelites into slavery because they were intimidated. They were afraid. They said, listen, uh, these people are going to overwhelm them. And so, and, and I love verse in Exodus chapter 1, and it says, And there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. And so come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. And so this, this Egyptian king then, he says, listen, this is what's going on. We have to make sure that we put them under subjection. And, and so... This is kind of the environment in which Jochebed had Moses. It was not a, a good thing. It was not one of those pleasurable moments in history uh, for the people of Israel. And so Pharaoh, in his fear, commanded the midwives in to kill the newborn sons of the Israelites. In verse 16 in chapter 1, it says, And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then ye shall uh, then she shall live. 
Uh, listen, we talked about abortion a few weeks ago, uh, but uh, it is not uncommon for Satan to so hate life that he desires to destroy life at any stage. And we see uh, that even some states in our union are now pushing beyond the, the extremes of just ending a life at, uh, uh, before uh, they're born and even up to 28 days after death. Man, what a travesty that we're, we're in. This is what Pharaoh was suggesting. This is what he ordered. And those midwives, I love verse 17, but the midwives feared God. Isn't that good? They said, before, before anything else, we're going to fear the Lord. And they did not as the king uh, of Egypt commanded them, but they saved the men children alive. I'll go back in my mind's eye to the Acts in the book of Acts as the disciples were imprisoned and, and, and uh, as they were preaching the gospel and they said, listen, you cannot preach this anymore. You have to stop doing this. And they says, listen, we ought to obey God rather than men. And may we be willing to obey God first and foremost. But listen, these midwives, they exercise great faith in disobeying this command in this life. And, and yet those Hebrew mothers also had great faith in God and they had to trust God through those times as well. And with all this background then, all that has gone on in Exodus chapter 1, and, and, and uh, we see then that God begins to lay this groundwork in Exodus, and, and we come to Exodus chapter 2, and we see uh, God introduces us here to Moses and his mother. In Exodus chapter 2, in verse number 1. It says, Then went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not, in, uh, could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And thus said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse to the Hebrew women, of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother, and Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Let's stop here and pray tonight as we just begin this message. Father, we thank you for your love to us and compassion in our life. Lord, the fact that we can come before you tonight and be able to uh, give praise and thanks uh, for the mothers that you've given us. And Lord, I know not every uh, situation is the same and some homes were more godly and sweet than others. But God, I can't help but think about the words of John Rice as he said, there's no place as close to heaven as the uh, home of a godly home. And God, help us, Lord, to have godly homes that we might live by example. Lord, that we might be able to lift up Christ as a true disciple uh, of you. And we just praise you, Father. Lead us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we come here, we see that God has entrusted to mothers the most precious uh, of all his, uh, of treasures of His creation. 
And, and that is motherhood is the highest and truly the most noblest of callings. And I think about uh, what I've experienced in my own life, my own mother, uh, my wife, and, and the mothers that I, I see around us in this church today. And I can't help but think that these little lives within the sphere of your influence will reflect your virtue and they reflect your character or, quite honestly, the, the lack thereof. Uh, and so we see this. God gives us a great responsibility. And, and so into the heart of Jochebed, uh, and into her life, we may glean deeply by her faith and her example tonight. And I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 11 as well. In Hebrews 11 and verse 23, we're going to be back in Exodus as well, so keep your finger there. He, uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 23. He says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Instead of being afraid of man, they trusted in the Lord. Instead of being afraid of, of what would happen to them, they said, listen, we're going to follow the Lord and we're not going to kill our child. We're going to allow him to remain alive uh, and alive and just commit him to the Lord. And so her godly life of faith influenced those behind her. Think about this. She was the mother not only of Moses, but also of Miriam and Aaron, the first high priest. These would go on to lead the people of Israel. They would uh, be the ones that would help point people to uh, Jehovah. They would be the ones that would help people to really draw close to God. But it all began with this passage and with this mother of faith that said, Listen, I'm going to believe God more than I I'm going to fear man. I'm going to trust God more than anything else. Let me just say, God still desires for us to have a life of example. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the New Testament in multiple places, and, and, and you can look in your Bibles. It won't be on the screen. I just was thinking about this right before church in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse nine, number 9. He says, not because we have, uh, we have power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. The Apostle Paul said, listen, I, you, as you observe our life, if you see our godliness, I want you to follow this example that you've seen in our lives. And then as he writes to, the Apostle, uh, to Timothy, his son in the faith. And as he's young in the faith, he comes to him and he said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He said, listen, your life is to be an example. Christian, our lives are to be examples today. You know, and I think about as a father, my children are following my example. As a pastor, oftentimes others will follow my example. As a Christian, the lost world looks, at to, me, looks to me and they say, listen, is he going to follow Christ? Is he someone I can follow? But Apostle Paul also speaks in the book of Titus through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in chapter 2 and verse 7. He says, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, that example in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. He says, listen, our our life ought to be an example. And from Jochebed's story, we can see a shining example. One that we can look at and we can be encouraged by and we can glean from as well. And so we're going to learn a couple of things about the faith of a godly mother. But you could scratch out mother and you can just say a faith of a godly Christian. Because we see these same principles apply whether you're a mother or a father, whether you're a teenager or whether you're in your 90s. Either way, we see these things are illustrated beautifully. And we see, first off, they seek to be godly. They seek to be godly. In verse number 1 of Exodus chapter 2, he says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. Now, the very first thing we recognize as being a good mother starts long before uh, you become a mother. 
Jochebed made sure that she married a man of faith. See, she saw this man of Levi. She saw this house and this lineage. She said, listen, I want to make sure my life is following after the Lord. She didn't go out and marry someone else. I think about Samson. We saw, watched Samson on uh, live stream on Friday night for Asa's birthday. And as we did so, uh, we, we were able to just see and that, uh, that uh, sight and sounds reminiscent of it. And, you know, I couldn't help but every time I think about Samson, think about how, how selfish he was and then how disobedient he was in so many ways. And really a great tragedy of the Old Testament is the man Samson. And he looked at uh, Delilah and he looked at these women from, from strange countries and, and they were the ones that lured his heart away from the Lord. Well, Jochebed said, listen, I want to make sure that, that I find an, a godly man. Remember, the Bible says in, in the New Testament to be careful that we don't yoke ourselves with unbelievers. I'm not looking, as a matter of fact, I won't perform a marriage for anyone that is, uh, if there's a person that's saved and a person that's lost. I, I said, listen, that's not what God desires. He says in 2 Corinthians six fourteen, be you not uh, unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He says, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And so he says, listen, uh, we ought to make sure first and foremost in that life, if she's going to be a godly mother, she's got to make sure she follows and seeks to be godly in her own life. And that includes being obedient in her life. Listen, if you're a young lady in here yet to be married, I urge you to first seek God, then worry about a man later. Amen? This older people will say amen to that. It, uh, there's, there's people in here that will tell you, listen, we've been down that road. We know there's a mistake. If we seek after uh, the desires of the flesh more than we seek after the desires of the Lord, and that will lead us into uh, dangerous areas. And so God calls us then in Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's he talking about? Well, in the context of that passage, he's dealing with all the necessities of life. You know, we don't have to worry about food or raiment or shelter and none of those things. He says, listen, those things, if you follow after the Lord and you put Him first, then all of those other things will be taken care of. And so let me just remind you today, seek first the kingdom of God. Make this your priority. Allow this to be the emphasis in your life and that everything else will take care of itself. God is worthy uh, to seek Him first and foremost above everything else. And so we see the very first principle in her life is that she, was, she wanted to be godly. And she wanted to, to uh, follow after the Lord. But we also see in verse number 2 that she trusted in God's protection. In verse 2, we see, The woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And I think in verse number 2, she's trying to do what she could uh, uh, with, with this child. But there's a couple of things I want to mention here. As a parent, we think sometimes we have to be the one that has to protect our ch children, don't we? And I know that oftentimes I think, well, I can't let my children over there and I can't do this. And I do have a responsibility to my child to help protect them. But I also recognize that it's ultimately God that is the protector. He is the one that's going to watch over and guard my children. And so I trust, I trust in Him. I lean upon Him for direction. I lean upon Him for wisdom. I lean upon Him to help me with my children. But ultimately, they're in His hand. And as we go to verse number 3, it says, And when she could no longer hide Him, she said, when she has extinguished all of her own abilities, all of her own uh, 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 capabilities here, she said, listen, I'm going to simply trust the Lord. And she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. You see, she trusted in the Lord at that point. 
Listen, she released him into God's hands. She trusted God more than she feared man. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. She said, listen, I, I, though, though there is a, a spirit of fear that tries to dominate lives today, we, God has called us to be people of faith, not of fear. And so God, God calls us to walk by faith, to live by faith, to follow by faith. And Jochebed realized that she couldn't save her son, so she trusted in the shelter of God's protection. I love the book of Psalms. I go there oftentimes when my heart feels overwhelmed and I find strength. But I'm, one thing that's over and over again in my life as I, as I go there, I, I see that we can trust in the covert of His wings. We can trust in the Lord. Psalm 61 and verse 4, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. In Psalms chapter number 18, it says not on the screen, so I'm looking it up in my Bible. He says, I will love thee, O Lord, with my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. He says this, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall we save from mine enemies. Over, over, and over again, the Lord repeats himself and says, listen, I am your protection. You know, this is the opposite of the common uh, thing today, the mama bear. Have you heard of the mama bear thing that, that comes out? Instead of trusting in ourself and our own anger, God calls us instead to trust in him. Trust in Him to provide for Him. Trust in Him to have grace in dealing with our children and healing through the hurts of life. But we also see a third point here, and that was that she was willing to follow God's plan. In verse number two, she did her best. One, uh, she had an option here. She could have um, given her child over to Pharaoh's uh, minions. And said, listen, go ahead and kill my son. I, you know, obviously I can't hide him from you forever. But instead, she chose to save her child alive. You know, sadly, abortion has been commonplace for many years. But instead of obeying the king's command to destroy life, what we find here is she obeyed God rather than man. And Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, we see that there is value in life because we're made in his image. This is something we have uh, mentioned multiple times on uh, Wednesday nights as we have looked at this uh, issue of our value of life. And we've looked at uh, life from God's perspective instead of uh, from the world's perspective. And God says, listen, let us celebrate life. Every life is valuable in God's eyes. All life, every single person is valuable to God because we're made in His image. In verses 3 and 4, we see that obviously this may not have been the plan that, that Jacob had wanted to make a, a, a basket and, and to put it with pitch and slime and, and to prepare it to float on the water. But this is what she realized that said, listen, even if I don't understand the plan, I've got to trust a perfect God. And she said in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, we read this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Listen, Sometimes there's going to be times where God calls us to walk down a plan in his life that we look at and we think, this does not make a lick of sense. I think about Joseph and all that he went through to get them into the promised land. And as Joseph followed the Lord, his life took a lot of different turns, didn't it? There was a lot of different challenges that he faced. And you come to the end of it and he said, listen, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And as a Christian, we can look at these scriptures tonight and we can be encouraged because we know that God's plan is perfect. And where do I learn it? Where do I discern God's plan? But from his word. 
Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He says in verse number uh, 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalms 119, verses, uh, verse 109, I believe it is. He says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. May we go to God's word and find truth for today, find the direction that he wants for us. You see, these steps of a godly mother are an example for all of us as Christians to seek to be godly, to put Him first in everything in our life, to make sure that, that we are willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Because let me just remind you, the second truth is we have a help of a mighty God. Aren't you thankful we're not alone? Man, we go through this life, and, and I think about all the, the problems we face, and I am never alone as a child of God. He walks with me, He talks with me, and, I, and I'm just so thankful that we can be reminded of His perfect presence. If you've ever been in a situation that didn't make sense, you would understand a little bit of what Jochebed had gone through that day. Like Joseph, I mentioned a while ago, gone from uh, being the favored son to prison to, uh, to uh, uh, back to, or sold into slavery to prison to, to Potiphar, or, and then uh, later into uh, being the second in command in Egypt. Man, it just boggles the mind. But let me just remind you what Isaiah says. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways, your, your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. You know, as we, there's times where we don't always understand how God works in our life, but we can always trust in His hand and in His plan. You see, because He knows the end from the beginning. I'm going to look at this little piece here, and I'm going to try to judge and, and make decisions, but God doesn't just see this little bitty piece that I see, and maybe I should me measure it like this. God sees the whole spectrum. And when he is at work, we can trust in him. And just as Jochebed was able to see her son live, and God worked in a tremendous way. God saw, listen, if you just trust me, and as she put him in that bull, uh, ark of bulrushes, and she put him there in the reeds, and Pharaoh's daughter came along, and not only was he spared, but he was given one of the best educations he could possibly get. He was given the opportunity to learn how to lead others. He, God was working in this situation, in the background, in all those terrible times, and in those difficult situations, she found that even when I can't understand, I can always trust Him. Romans 8, 28 says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. See, God used the influence of this godly mother to help Moses to be the godly man he needed to be. Hebrews, back in Hebrews 11 again, if you turn back there in your Bible, we read verse 23, but I want to read verses 24 through 27. He says, after we read that in verse 23, he goes on and says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why would he give all that up? Why in the world would he be willing to give up the riches uh, of Egypt? He says in verse 25, Choosing to, rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, he knew the God of his mother. And he said, listen, Jochebed's influence, though it was small and short-lived, and, and maybe it wasn't his entire life, and all that she'd hoped it would be, her faith and God's help provided Moses the opportunity he needed to be used greatly of God. I think about our children, and sometimes as a parent, you ever have those moments where you think, Oh, is this ever going to work? Anybody else in here with me? And you look at them and you think, Lord, you know I love them, but I don't know if they're going to make it through the week. Amen? Listen, with God's help, 
and staying faithful to the Lord, we're going to see our children continue in that direction. Be reminded, first off, we can trust in the Lord because He gives a clear direction. In verse number 5 of Exodus chapter 2, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself in the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Just as Moses was uh, there in those reeds and maybe she began to break loose, I, I'm not sure, and come out just a little bit in the Nile there, we find that God brought Pharaoh's daughter to the river's edge at the right moment. And she looked out and she saw that, that basket there. She said, she said, woman, go get that for me. Go receive that. Let's find out what's in that. And she brought it to her and she opened it up and she looked inside. Then God did something else in the moment. And she said in verse 6, And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. Amen. Impeccable timing. And she had compassion on him. Man, God was at work in all of these things. This was no coincidence. This was a divine appointment of God. And he was at work in her life. He was at work in the child's life. He was at work in Jochebed's life. All of these things worked perfectly. This is the same lesson that Daniel learned as he wrote in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. And he said, listen, we have a God who is still able today. We have a God who is still on the throne. We have a God who still leads in our lives. And when we're tempted to doubt his plan. Let us go back to places like this in the Word of God and say, listen, if God can lead in Jochebed's life with such impeccable timing, then God can take care of this bill. God can take care of this need. God can take care of my child. God is still God today. And so, church, let me just encourage you. And though we get discouraged when we look at the dire circumstances, we still have a God who sits on the throne. And it's the same lesson that we have to be reminded of today, and we have to believe, but also pass along. And this brings us great consolation and comfort that God, even through the sufferings and the tribulations and the trial, God is still at work. Remember what God did in verse number 5. He got her, brought her to the right place. He made sure she saw what needed to be seen in verse 5. And then God made sure that she did what needed to be done. God did all of this because we can trust in His direction. Secondly, we see He satisfies life's demands. Here, Jochebed had a great need in her life. A mother's heart, I can't imagine the heart of a mother as you would be ripped out as she laid that precious child in that ark of bulrushes and put that, that ark in the water and she just committed him to the Lord. I can't imagine what that must have been like. Mothers, you could, you could probably come closer than I ever could. But this is what I realized. Just as that child was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter, God allowed Miriam to be there and suggest the perfect nurse for Moses God took care of everything. He supplied every need. And in these most formidable years of his life, Moses was raised by his own mother. And it was as Jochebed gave her will over to God's that God gave the child back to her. Isn't that amazing how that works? When I surrender and I say all to Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give God. I lay it down. I'm just going to commit my way to your way. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to follow you, whatever it may be. And by faith, I'm going to walk. Then God provided for her. Psalm 17 and verse 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. He said, listen, I found that God is enough in my life. And when we can find what it is to be satisfied in Christ, he offers to each of us uh, what we need in our lives. Man, what a blessing to know that we serve a God who satisfies life's demands. But he also provides with diligence. In verse number 9 here, as we continue down through this, 
is Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Go and fetch the maid, uh, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Sometimes we wonder if God's going to come through. You know, we, we look at these situations and we see deadlines coming up and we see maybe a, a family that is starting to splinter and we see situations that seem like, man, they're just on the rocks or maybe we, we see our children about to take a decision and make a turn and it breaks our heart and we think, Lord, are you going to intervene? Are you going to work? And if we can see anything from this lesson, we can find that just as God provided for Jochebed with great diligence, so he will in our life as well. There's nothing that was let out, left out of this equation here. In Isaiah 41.10, let me remind you of this truth. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Folks, let me tell, just tell you, we can trust in his provision. We can trust that he is diligent uh, to provide in our life. We can trust for his care, as he says, casting your, all your care upon him because he careth for you. You see, we, over and again, we see the word of God that God is faithful. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Each of, and, and as we see this, this wonderful God and we see the wonderful help that he can be. Parent, you maybe feel like you're drowning in this situation and where you're trying to raise your kid. Let me just call you back to a faithful God. Man, let me just tell you, if you're a grandparent and you're concerned for your children, let me call you back to a faithful God who is not forsaken. Let me call you back to this, this old altar and say, God, would you help us to be faithful on our knees, a faithful example, a lifestyle that it demonstrates Jesus Christ to those around us. You see, because each of our lives are an example. Each of us are a living example of Jesus today. When I walk down the street, when I interact with people, they're going to see either Christ in me or anti-Christ in me. They're going to see the Lord shining through or they're not going to. Remember what Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your uh, good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so God calls us and He wants people to see Christ in you, but will they? Will, they, will, they, will their faith be strengthened because of your example? You see, Christian, that's the challenge tonight. As we think about all that God has called us to, as Christians, as, as, as parents, as grandparents, as godly people, as Sunday school teachers and, and, and others in leaders in our church, in our community, in our work, God says, listen, will you allow your life to be a light before others? 